We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst. Joined today by Tom from uh, Warham on the phone and Andy Bolland, who's next to me in South Gosworth in his flat. Um, good to be speaking to you all. We are speaking to you ahead of Newcastle United's fixture against Wigan this weekend. Two massive games coming up this week, Wigan and Burton. Two terrible, terrible sides, um, as the league table suggests, that we're going to have to put to the sword. Um, so we'll talk through that and a few other things, and then we'll have uh, John on from uh, Wigan Cosmos uh, later on in the show at the end and he'll give us the Wigan perspective so Bolland um, I'll start with you It's this is it isn't it eight games to go um, no breaks just football from now until what May 7th are you excited are you nervous um, neither <laughs> yeah I'm excited I'm a little bit nervous as well because we discussed on the last podcast if anyone's capable of blowing this now <laughs> it's Newcastle United however I think if we get two wins from these very, very winnable games, and we should win them, um, although having said that, two teams in the bottom half of the championship at home, it sounds like a recipe for disaster for us. Um, and we can get maybe Huddersfield to slip up over the next two games, that would be ideal for us. And you'd think at that point that it's, it should be plain sailing for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle are one, I looked on Betfair today, Newcastle are 1 to 50 to be promoted. So, I mean, it's. And I think I think some bookers have paid out as well. I'm not sure. Um, that might just be social media myth. But one to fifty, it's like it's, it's like they're begging you not to put money on it. Um, so like, I mean, there's no, there is no football match that that ever gets those short odds. So I mean, it's it, it's looking pretty likely. Tom, are, are you with Bolland on this one? Like, do you do you think it's really important this this next week here, or do you think what you know it's kind of a, a done deal regardless of what happens in these two fixtures? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a done deal with God, I'd say, but um, I'm not I w- I'm not worried about it. Um, you know, Huddersfield have got to, no, they've got to pretty much what, win every game if, unless we absolutely collapse. So yeah. um, I'm not worried about it, but I think um, Wigan, I think I think Wigan and Burton might be the hardest test, and I'll put that down to the fact it's home and. Um, Yeah, I mean it's interesting that Newcastle, Brighton, and Huddersfield between now and Wednesday have all got home games. 
So Brighton have got Blackburn and Birmingham at home. Huddersfield have got Burton, who we play on Wednesday, and then Norwich at home. So like it's very much like anyone's got to be thinking any slipper will be punished. It's not like last weekend when you know Brighton or not, or the weekend before Brighton were able to lose to Leeds because Huddersfield, uh, because Huddersfield had been beaten and we were able to get a draw at Birmingham. And it was all right because we actually ended the weekend further away from the promotion rivals that we thought we would have done. Um, Tom, do you you know you're saying you mentioned that yeah, that that these games are difficult because they're at home? Are, like, are you are you as worried as I am that you know if if, if we're going to go one 0 up inside twenty minutes, we might just have the same old story from St James's Park? Or do you think people are going to think right? We may as well get behind the lads. Five home games left. No. Um. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting is Rafa Benitez, what is it, last week now, he did the, the Q&A with the Chronicle, is literally, like, begging the home support to stay on side. It's so clear what he's saying. It's so obvious what it, when his comments like, we need to stay together, we need to be united, together we can achieve great things. And, like, everyone's on social media lapping up, and it's great to hear him, and he spoke really well, and it's really positive the news this week, according to Craig Hope, friend of the show, that, um, that Rafa's future is looking more secure, so I'm happy about that. But... He's like begging the support, and everyone's like, you know, making their memes and photographs of pictures. And then, like, as you say, like Jack Cobble passes the ball behind John Joe Shelby, and everyone's going tits again. So it's kind of like his words fall on deaf ears, um, which is a little bit disappointing because, like you say, I mean, one a fifty to be promoted. I don't know why people can't just get you know think right. We'll we'll put up with whatever we've got to put up with these last eight games. Let's get in the Premier League. Yeah, he's not he's not coming out and saying it explicitly, is he? he but he's trying yeah. he's trying to get the message across as clear subtle. as he can. Subtle, yeah, yeah. Good, good word, Bolland. Bolland, um, you know, we've talked a little about Newcastle's home form and he talked he said in the podcast this week you'd like to see it improve. You know, six points against these two, would you take two scrappy 
93rd minute winners in each or do you think no this isn't we're top of the league we need to stop playing like it at home well no this is business end of the season isn't it like I think <coughs> for the most part of the season I think we would have all enjoyed to see Newcastle play a lot better at home than they have done but five home games left if we win all five of those games 1-0 and they're all own goals in the 95th minute I don't think anyone's going to care are they uh, the only thing that matters now is we get promoted um, obviously I'd like to see us win 4-5-0 and five nil <laughs> against these two teams but 1-0 uh, make me very happy yeah, um, I'm, I'm the same. Obviously, uh, what's interesting, I think, I think today's game because there's so few Wigan fans coming. Um, this is the game that there'll probably be more, maybe Fulham as well. Where there'll be more Newcastle fans in the ground because there'll be fifty two thousand there. It'll sell out, and then there's so few away fans. It's kind of there's gonna be more Newcastle fans there than ever any other game, you know. So that's hope that kind of transmits and think you know the players kind of feel a little bit more comfortable playing at home. I know some people would point to the tactics and stuff like that and say, I mean, that's, that's, our, that's our home problems. Um, what, what I'm looking for from these two games is like, just, just no mistakes. If we, if, we, if we play like, I would say, not mediocre, but if we're just putting a competent performance and don't make any catastrophic defensive errors, we'll, we'll be all right. Look at the defeats this season. Huddersfield and Bemba, even though it was a foul, that's a catastrophic error. He should have been stronger. Loses the ball in the score. Um, Wolves and Bemba, own goal. Catastrophic again. <laughs> People wonder why I didn't play. Um, catastrophic error, own goal um, against Wolves. Then you've got Blackburn, which was a, you know, I'm going to put that to the side one bit because it was at the start of a mental week and you rotated heavily for it. Um, you know, then you had um, Bristol City, Catastrophic, two, like one shocking Morgan and then Ball Dummett and Darlow catastrophic error. Um so it's I don't know, it's a little bit like if we if we if we're just competent and, and don't gift the opposition goals like Fulham, catastrophic error for the second goal, Dummett, you know, when he's got kick it anywhere, Paul, kick it out for throwing goal kick, kick it over the crossbar, kick it you know, anywhere, just don't kick it at their player on the edge of the eighteen box on mark eight yard box unmarked. Um that's so that's what I want to say. I just want to see where not make any mistakes. I don't, you know, let's not rush into things because the temptation will be there with an impatient home support for them to, as you know, Bolland, we were there last week and everyone was, you know, the, I say everyone, the blokes behind us were screaming, move it quicker, move it quicker, despite the ball being moved perfectly quickly. And as soon as someone moves it more quickly and kicks a lot of play, they're going fucking nuts anyway. So, like, I just want to say, listen, competent, competent performances will beat both of these sides. I'm not going to give them any respect. I have no problem with either club. I really enjoyed my visits to both Wigan and Burton this season, um, mostly because we've got six points. But, you know, it was good good days. It was a good night at Wigan and a good day at Burton. Um, can't believe Bollins. What's that, four months ago? Three, four months ago? Time flies. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they are really bad teams, both of them. They both have horrific away records. You know, we're going to have lost 19 games this season, so let's just do it. I say six, six points, no fuck-ups. Let's go to Chef Wed on telly, 5.30, bounce and great atmosphere on 84 points. And you know what? If we're on 84 points with six games to go, we're going to fall a cock up. Not that I think, I think we'll win the game because we're much better than Chef Wed. Um, but so it's just, I just think it's a great opportunity for the players to just be like, right, business time. No, no, like, no bad refs. No dodgy penalties given away, Gufran. No, like, bad sitters missed. No unbelievable goalkeepers. Just six points. I don't care how they come. Six points. That's all I'm after. Um, 
and, and then and then we can really look ahead to the rest of the season. We pick up six points from these two games. I think the whole fan base will lift in like that kind of like weight of expectation. Which to be fair, I might be wrong because I thought that would happen at the Fulham game. I thought everyone would be a bit more comfortable with stuff, but it didn't happen. But I think with you know, I, I really want to go to that Leeds game on the on the Good Friday, Tom. Right. Like with like this is a bonus. Let's let's beat these. <laughs> let's just actually right. hammer these. I don't know if you agree. nervousness coming down to that it's not what you want so you do want to be comfortable going into that game yeah I'm, I'm sure they'll bring good away support um, the gate yeah the gate they'll bring 3,200 3, and the game's completely sold out it's sold out in 40 minutes no so and it's kind of the you know there's no other football on that night it's good Friday so once again we'll be kind of it's one of those games like like Leeds away and like Brighton away where we're like where we're in front of the nation those two two fixtures got like higher um, viewing figures that a lot of Premier League games get, so yeah. so it'd be nice nice to go into those. And I, I fancy a good few drinks on Good Friday without having to worry about like some uh, you know small town in Yorkshire Huddersfield. Um, <laughs> you know, Bolland, do you do you think that maybe I mean Huddersfield's performance at Bristol Rovers was was really really bad? Not Bristol Rovers, Bristol City always do that. Um, I'm sure that'll drive Bristol City fans nuts <laughs> if any of them listens. Um, like, do you think that that maybe we've seen seen the last of these now? We've seen them off. Huddersfield, because of, because that pressure was on them to play first on the telly, and they couldn't have failed at any worse. Like now we're at this part of the season, they've got to win every for the first time in the season. Huddersfield have got to win, and they failed the first test. Yeah, uh, it's too soon to rule them out, isn't it? I mean, you are very blasé about the fact that they still have a game in hand, but they do still have a game in hand. Which, could which is the second narrow, last game of the season and will already well, be promoted, but go on. Um, well, not necessarily. Which could narrow that gap down to four points. Five with goal difference. Five, five with goal difference. <laughs> so it's too, it's too early. And that's, this Huddersfield team, that up until that point, had won something like seven or eight on the bounce, nine, ten, a lot of games on the bounce. Like They have proven that they are capable of putting runs together. So, no, it's far too early to be saying they're out of it. I mean, everyone has their runs, though. Like we, we've had well runs this season. Um, I think now we've gone three without a win, because obviously Red nil nil, we should have won. Um, Fulham would definitely shouldn't have won, and Birmingham we should have won. Th- I'm trying to think, there was another league like spell this season where we went three without a win. I'm not sure, um, but anyway, um, I'd much, you know, I'm, I'm much more comfortable with you know with our position than than Huddersfield's. And as Tom said at the start of the show. You're pretty much asking Huddersfield before, well, maybe not before, but def- definitely to 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 win three more games than us between now and the end of the season. That's that's a big ask. With you look, you think of the championship, you think teams consistently draw games, teams lose games that shouldn't. I think Blackburn's a hard game for Brighton tomorrow, not tomorrow Saturday, because um, I'd I'd rather be playing the likes of Norwich at home, which Huddersfield have got, who've got literally not. I mean, Norwich is probably a bad example because they've just sacked their manager. But you know teams who've got literally nothing to play for, um, whereas your Blackburns and Wigan. I mean Wigan will come on who, but Burtons of this world have got loads to play for, so they're they're gonna give it everything. Where some some lad who's either out of contract at the end of the season playing for Preston, for example, although Preston I think are talking about playoffs, um, is isn't possibly going to give you as much. Even though St James's Park is a big draw for a lot of players, and as only Castle. Have to go through most of the teams in the championship. <laughs> say they have nothing to play for, then realise that they do have something to play for. I've got one for you, Aston Villa. Yeah, Aston Villa got fuck all to play for. Ever. <laughs> um, uh, Tom, 
Team right. selection wise, it, it looks like Isaac Hayden could be could be in line certainly for a place on the bench uh, or a start. Do you think he's been a miss while he's been away? I uh, definitely. Um, it's not just for his um, his sort of uh, anchoring midfield, his defensive work. He's he always has those bursts going forward, and they've they were really really important when he was playing. So it'd be great to see him back. But I don't I, I don't expect him to start or. You know, safe, safe where I wouldn't expect Rafa to risk him neither if, um, if we are winning um, by half time or whatever. I, I wouldn't expect him to come in. Yeah, yeah, I think he's been a miss. And Bonham, if we look at the number 10 position, because Diarmé played last game central midfield, uh, Diarmé had his little purple patch against these three sides. He, you know, he played really well against, he scored against Wigan, scored against Burton, two good goals as well, by the way. Uh, kind of underrated goals I feel a little bit no one's really talked about them but in terms of the strength and power we showed that's the number 10 that everyone's wanted and he he played really well in Birmingham, against Birmingham as well um, the week before that or after that whichever they were do you think do you think that might kind of um, Rafa might think back to that or do you think Perez who's getting a lot of airtime media wise this week uh, from the club do you think Perez might get the nod or so tell me what you think you'll do and what would you do uh, so I think he'll play Diame and I would play Diame as well I think Diame is not the perfect number 10 but we're a much better side when he plays number 10 than when Perez plays these two next two games are crucial I think we have to get six points from them um, and I think Rafa will go for Diame and see Diame and Gale start both of these games get six points I mean I was going to say do you think you'll bring Gale back in but obviously Murphy's injured now so it's kind of he's not going to bring Mitro in. But at some stages, like he's got to bring Gale back in and give him a few games to build up that momentum. And what better way to do it against two teams in the bottom half at home? Like, <laughs> is there any better two games to have? Just throw him in and see if he gets a goal. This is it. And especially going into games against Leeds and Sheffield, we need him firing because a lot of times this season when Newcastle haven't performed well, he's been our get out of jail free card. So. The sooner they can get him back up to the the speed he was at before his injury, the better. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a lot of um, uh, a lot of return performances, as it were. You know, Shelby's basically had three weeks off, a month off. Um, after you know, after the shifts he put in in those three away games, he looked dead against Fulham. Um, you know, he, he he didn't play at Birmingham. He's had the two weeks off. Uh, like you say, Gale didn't play against Birmingham. He you know didn't really get going against Fulham. Didn't play against Reading. Um, you know, so you know he's had a lot of time off. So that those two weeks should be really good for them. Diarme the same has had two weeks to recharge the batteries, and you know Jack Callback if he plays. Um, you know, Grant Hanley didn't play in the Scotland squad, but he was he's supposed to potentially be fit for this. Are you that fussed, Tom? If Mbemba comes in, do you think that? Uh, or would you are you that much? You know, are you bothered about who it is, or would you much rather Hanley played? Yeah. Um, I think you know, and and Bemba being out the majority of the season. Um, I know he he done that. Um, he done that speech on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it was, saying, "Oh, going to come back stronger and stuff like that." But I'd rather confidence than um, sort of just someone coming in trying to trying to. He's going to if he come, if Bemba comes in, he's going to try and make his mark. He's going to try and prove something. So I'd rather Hanley just came in. Yeah, I think that's not not a bad shout, and like you say, maybe it's not the game for when 
there's potentially going to be very fine margins. Maybe that's not Mbemba's type of game. Yeah. He, he, he is he is prone to the odd mare. To <laughs> <laughs> be fair though, I you'll probably disagree with me now, but I still think Mbemba is our best centre half. No. Like, like performances in the Premier League, <laughs> he was he was good. Now there seems to be other issues around him, less related to football, that seem to be holding him back. So I wouldn't if, if Mbemba starts against Wigan, I wouldn't be worried about it. I don't think be quite pleased to see him actually he's got a good song as well <laughs> people love to sing the song there you go yeah it is it is a song we haven't heard in a while i'll give that um i don't know yeah like i wouldn't be worried because it's wigan but i would be a bit like right well come you know i'd be worried about more like him and lascelles having a good solid understanding between each other um and you know when you say Mbemba was dead good in the premier league i agree to an extent but he was the best player in like a car crash of a defence, which was conceding record amounts of goals, particularly away from home. And like he, he's just what member is, he's a dead good footballer. Like he's good at loads of different things, but he doesn't excel. Like no one wins a header against Grant Hanley. But that's pretty much he's not bad at anything else, but that's pretty much all he's got. Um or you know, he's good at organising he but no one really in terms of a straightforward, like long ball header. Um, you know, Lascelles is the same to an extent, though he's 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 a little bit more, you know, you would back Lascelles' tackling skills and interception. Whereas in Bamba, he's quite fast, uh, he's quite good in the ball, he's all right in the air, he's a decent player in terms of playing the ball out from the back. He's young, so all of those skills might improve. But I'm not going to be, uh, I'll not be singing the Mbemba song as soon as the team sheet comes out and uh, he's not on it in protest, like you know the crack that happens every fucking uh, Saturday now. It's like. I can't believe he's doing this. I can't believe he's playing. I can't believe he's playing. Um, yeah, and obviously Kieran Clark's still a miss. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. It looks like, unfortunately, uh, Anita will probably play it right back. That's a that's a real blow. Um, and is it Tom? Tom is uh, is it Gufran and Richie back back on their proper wings for you? Because you know the last home game you played Atsu and swapped Richie onto the right, which just didn't work. So you are you just having Richie back on there? Sorry, Richie to the left. Are you having Richie back on the right and Gufran on the left? Or do you bring in Atsu? I bring in Atsu. Whoa. Big call. <laughs> for, for Gufran? For Gufran, aye. Yeah, I'd, put, I'd, I'd, put, I'd keep Richie on the right and Atsu on the left. But what I was, was going to say with the defence, I'd I'd love to see... If Hayden comes in, I'd love to see Paul Dummett just get a day off at St. <laughs> James and Lazar play. And if we've got someone like Murphy up top, Luzon, Christian Atsu down the left, banging crosses in. I mean, that's what I'd like to see. But um, but yeah, Chris, Christian Atsu instead of Gufran for me. Bold. Well, Rafa, Rafa did do that last home game, so you might be proved right. I don't know. I think you'll. I think with this last eight games, you'll stick with the tried and tested. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think. I don't think. I th- I'm not maybe Chef Wed. Apart from that, I don't think Gufran started any any of the home defeats. He didn't play against Blackburn. He didn't play against Huddersfield. He didn't play against Wolves. Um, he didn't play against Fulham. So, so Gufran's definitely been that kind of missing link. But you know, in terms of what he actually does, it's it's harder to <laughs> pinpoint. Certainly from yeah. attacking sense. Scores goals. Scores the goals. Six goals. Gufran. Um, <laughs> just just to. A kind of bit on Wigan. Obviously, we've got the track coming up with um, John from Wigan Cosmos later in the show. Dead, dead weird team. Um, obviously, on thirty-four points, eight points behind Burton, Forest, and someone else who's on that many points. 
Um, so that's like is that eight points, eight points to drift with eight games to go. It's not looking good for them at all. But they're they're a very very compact team. That they don't get beaten by many goals. They've lost to Redden three 0 That's their heaviest defeat. You want to have a look at like Burton's and Rotherham's and Blackburn's defeats. There's some proper shoeings in there. What was the score when we won? To Bur- uh, to Wigan. <laughs> it's two, two nil, mate. Two nil. Well, our game at Wigan was a dead tight game. They kept us at arm's length quite well, but provided zero attack well, threat. They're an easy team to beat, but a hard team to beat. Well, yeah, an easy team to beat, but a hard team to hammer, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and that's it's, it's interesting for me because obviously that we've got the track coming up with John, but he said very much that that they're going to get back. They've, they've got back to playing the free flowing attack and football um, under th- this new lad whose name escapes me. Um, I think that will play in our hands they're not Fulham who are very good but if they want to come to St James's and try and play football um, and not do the usual press sit deep counter attack that they're going to be in for a you know, rude awakening they might get a hammer in um, obviously I hope so but um, I suppose it's like after this game we're going to have got Ipswich away on Tuesday who are rubbish and have got uh, Rotherham at home and Barnsley at home have got nothing to play for so I'm kind of thinking well they've got to go for it because if they lost then they'd be fucked but then Burton have got Huddersfield away Blackburn have got Brighton away so if they, if they were to get a point it would be massive because they'll probably think they'll be down to seven points but it's seven points with seven games to go still way too much but then, you know with those three games they've got coming up they might think themselves well, we'll get out of St James with a point we've got a chance so I don't, I don't know how they're going to play it is the very 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 long way I'm going around to saying this like <laughs> um but, uh, it. I really don't know what to expect from Wigan. Um, it'll be a. It'll definitely be a tough one. Tom, you know, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the home crowd and, and Gallagher's flags will be out again pre-game, so get there as early as you can. Um, thanks again, everyone who came to the quiz. The uh, results of the quiz in terms of not the answers, but the money raised. We're gonna have two brand new flags for you for each corner in the Gallagher. Um, for Leeds at home, they've been ordered. They're on their way now from Poland. Where we'll get them from. Um, supposedly arriving on Good Friday, so that'll be tight. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to keep those under wraps until until the Leeds game. So nice surprise for everybody. But yeah, anyway, Tom Gallagher flags are back. Um, the the ticket sales for like this is nearly a sellout. Um, do you think that maybe it's like I, I'm going to put it to you? Which one would you rather win if you had to drop points, Wigan or Burton? Would you rather smash this one or win this one and then drop points against Burton, or would you rather drop points here? Win against Burton, then go to Chef Wedding to win. I know I'm playing. This is a very devil's advocate question, but it would just it would just be like Newcastle, wouldn't it, to not to, to draw one of these games, as Bowen said. Uh, I'd rather drop points midweek. Right. Mainly for the fact that if you know if we drop points today and we mid, we win midweek, it's sort of less of a you know, less of a sort of, um, you know, bounce back. Yeah. Um, but if we win the day, well, uh, win Saturday and drop points midweek, it's sort of like, right, we've got to go down to Sheffield and, you know, get back, get back to, you know, what we do best sort of thing. So, I'd rather, I'd rather drop points midweek. Good answer to a hard question. Um, do you uh, think we will drop points, Tommy? Give us, give us your prediction for Wigan. Two nil for Dinny Castle Bolland. Four nil. Four nil to Wigan. Four nil to Newcastle. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go three I'll just go in the middle of three three nil. Um 
I think I think we'll give them a I think three 0 Gail Hadrick. Um really positive that that bizarrely Gordon Strachan took Richie, who was way better than every other player in that Scotland squad, bar maybe Snodgrass, um and didn't give him a single minute <laughs> in either in either game, so he should be well rested and well, not really Scottish though, is he? Just making nah. up the numbers. Yeah. Um he is the Scottish person ever. <laughs> I think that just about does it then. I think we've done my prediction. We've talked through Wigan. Um, you know, we've talked about Newcastle and I hope you've enjoyed the show. A bit of a, a shorter one today. We'll be back at oh, 38 minutes actually. <laughs> Not that short. Um, we'll be back for you. We'll do one Saturday night after Wigan um, because we'll have burnt on the Tuesday so it'll be pointless. Wednesday's pointless. Wait until the Monday to do it. And then we will have a Chef Web preview for you next Thursday so I hope everybody anyone who knows a Chef Wed fan puts them in touch who wants to come on um, and then we're hoping of getting another local journalist on uh, the Monday after Chef Wed uh, we'll kind of see from there so so Tom and Bonin thank you very much for your time tonight uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed the show and we will speak to you hopefully after Newcastle United's 3-0 win on Saturday 4-0 4-0 so I'm now joined by uh, John from the uh, junior side Wigan Cosmos who very kindly joins us now on the podcast to look ahead at uh, this weekend's fixture John it's a pleasure to have you on and, and I, you were just telling me off air there that you've got a, a very um, small connection to Newcastle United through something that happened recently or in the past well yeah um, it's delighted to join you really um, yeah we, we were invited to play at St James's Park when all the trouble went on I think it was after the caliber management cycle, the same match, um, and then from that, loads of Newcastle fans had invaded our pitch, and the Geordie fans were uh, so embarrassed by it, they donated loads of money, and then eventually, the Newcastle United uh, offered us as a, as a, as a sorry and as apology to play at St James's Park. So as a, as a club, we played at St James's um, and won two 0 there. So it, that was that was that was a lovely gesture by the club. And from there, we've always had a quite close connection with Newcastle United and the support, which was fantastic by, by the fans. They did donate um, to support us, really. No, I'm pleased to hear that. I'm, I'm quite surprised because I don't know whether anyone listening heard about that, but I don't really think it made the, the media appear, the press. I mean, the club gets a lot of it, bad press, <laughs> so it would have been nice to have a good news story for once. Well, it was, it, was in, it was in all the local papers, in the national papers. I think I was on BBC Newcastle, was, oh. everything. Um, so, um, so it was the Newcastle Gazette, everything like that. So it was, it was quite a big story up there. Oh, great! Because of social media and everything, um, it, it just spread like wildfire. And oh. because of that, where we were inspired um, by what happened, we've now got our own ground in Wigan, and we're developing the club from bottom up. We've got four pitches on our own ground, which we're developing, and, and hopefully a junior section and clubs like that moving forward. So that playing at St James showed us that anything was possible and, and inspired us to, to go on and get our own ground and that's something we're developing as a club as well Brilliant, so, no, I'm, pleased, I'm pleased to hear it um, so I suppose we'll move on to, to Wigan Athletic now um, you find yourselves in a, in a perilous position um, in the league table and I suppose my first question would be kind of what's gone wrong this season because I think or, or maybe has nothing gone wrong did Wigan fans expect it to be like this? Well, we, we did expect it to be a struggle. We didn't expect it to come up. You look at the teams with the budgets they've got from the Premier League and coming coming down like Newcastle with massive budgets with parachute payments, and we couldn't really compete in, in that level. 
our parachute payments have finished. Or I think they finished this season, so the, the money wasn't there. But we, we did expect to struggle. Um, but we, we did expect to sort of be above relegation and try and stay up and secure a championship place for next season. Um, I think it was just a catalog of errors, really. We, we've been playing good football, that's not how we started to play good football under Gary Caldwell. He was let go a little bit too early to, to me and a lot of Wigan fans because we were playing good football. We was only losing by the odd goal, but the, the football was there. Um, we then changed to Warren Joyce and the sort of football went out the window saying he was uh, one of the future coaches, one of the best coaches in the country. We stopped playing football and started knocking it long and playing, playing up, trying to play with a big man. He played four defensive midfielders across the midfield. We know wingers just four defensive midfielders and we were, we were nothing going forwards. So we, it's no um, coincidence that we've not scored enough goals but we have, have a cracking defensive record. I think we're up there with Reading in the playoffs, we were in the playoffs with a defensive record, but we just can't score enough goals. That's been our biggest problem this season. I think I was looking at some of the stats for the the match preview I wrote today on True Faith, um, and I was really taken aback by what you've said. First of all, you, you you haven't been hammered this season. I think Reading beat you three 0 and Reading are one of the best home sides, if not the best home side, um, in the division. Apart from that, you've hardly lost a game by more than one goal. Um, yeah, well, that's that's it. It's, it's, it's quite clear where the problem is. Goals. Goals against, we've not conceded too many, um, and it's only been by the odd goal. But with shots, I think we went three or four all matches with only two or three shots on target. So, we, we, as an attacking force, we've just not not been at the races really. We've just not been good enough in the opposition's box or in our build up play in the final third. I think that's the main issue. Do you think they were right to get rid of Caldwell? Did you back it at the time? Well, I, I thought Caldwell, after what he achieved last season, he should have been given more time. Uh, to uh, to try and get turn things around, like I said, and as you said, uh, we've only lost one nil. We've lost by goals. We haven't been hammered by anyone, so we we, we were we were unlucky in some matches, and we didn't quite get the final touch in the area. But we weren't being hammered, and, and it, it, you did see it sort of coming together. Yeah, and and what about Joyce when he came in? You've mentioned that it was a little bit more negative. Um, well, he, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, did you back? Did you back the decision to get rid of him so close to the end of the season? Well, yeah, because the football—it was very, very poor. We weren't playing football anymore. We was going from back, trying to knock it forward to a forward playing on his own. He, he dropped Will Grigg. Um, he was playing a young lad called Bogle who who'd just been brought in, um, and it was a big, just tough task for him to, to jump up two divisions. I think it was to play in the championship and play up front on his own. The ball's knocked into him over the top for him to hold up, and he's not a big target man. He's a player who looks like he wants to run in behind and get in behind defences. So it's asking him to change his game, make a big step up a couple of divisions. So the football sort of went out of the window, and we just sort of hit it long with with um, four defensive midfielders trying to. He was going out not to get beat rather than attempt to win a match. And at nil nil or at one nil, when we had to go for it, he never sort of went for it. It was like for like substitutions. He never changed the system, um, so it was difficult. It's difficult to watch, and it's difficult. It must have been difficult for the players who wanted to play football because they were all brought in by Gary Caldwell. I mean, we had a great season last year, playing good football, attacking football, and that was completely changed when Warren Joyce came in. And um, if the unthinkable, well, not the unthinkable, because it's looking fairly likely, if you were to be relegated, 
how much of a blow for that is that would the club be or do you think that you you would be pretty well set to bounce straight back having done it once already well with Graham Barry's come in and he's, he's first game back he got us playing football he got the ball on the floor quick free kicks and got us back to the way we want to watch our football teams play of getting it down and going for it we lost the last game because we were going we were trying to get the equaliser we were pushing on and that we've been caught again at the back but at least we came away and we said we can have no complaints because we've gone out to try and win the game and play it in the right manner now Wigan fans are happy if we go out and play and you attempt to play and you you're going to go down fighting, really, rather than just sitting back and going, well, we just don't want to get beat. He went for it, and you can, you can hold your hands up and say, we've not been good enough, we've not been good enough, but you can't have that as an excuse if you've never gone for it. If you go for it and you get beat, you, you take that, and you accept that, you can't, you can't ask no more, really. So, um, back to your question, if we go down, hopefully with the Yannick Wilshire money, what, what came in from Norwich, I think it's about £7 million. hopefully we can keep most of this squad together, we get, get rid of some of the lads who haven't been quite performing and then bring in a few other younger players to come through from maybe lower league sides and then try and add them to the, the core of the squad and hopefully we can bounce back again the next appointment managerial appointment is pretty crucial for us really yeah and why why do you think I mean obviously you talked about the, the decision to change managers and the way you've played and not having much in the you know in the attacking third of the pitch why do you think you're so far adrift at this stage? Because if you look at the teams above you, you know, Burton, Blackburn have had a terrible season, but they're still in touch. Like, what, why is it? Why, why you cut off so badly at the moment? Do, do you think it's just a, simply a case of like the problems weren't addressed earlier in the season in terms of goal scoring, or do you think maybe the the, the squad isn't just good enough? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a the core of the squad is a very group, a good group of honest players who, who want to play football. Choice changed the, the, the way we played football and wanted to just go out and defend um, the, the, the bottom line is we've not, we're not scoring enough goals and we're not good enough in the final third losing Wilshire uh, we got good money for him from Norwich who paid 7 million but he was a, a big attacking threat with pace and power and he, he did make a difference losing him Will Griggs been injured recently and in the start of the season he played he was very much up front on his own and isolated with no support to him so again, he struggled. He's, he's made a step up in division and had no support. A lot of the time, he was isolated. So we, we never took a chance and got midfielders running forwards, breaking forwards, and supporting the forward. And our forward play in the final third has just not not been good enough. Yeah. Do you, do you think you've got enough about you to stay up? Was it too late? Uh, well, with Barry came in, coming in at the last game, it, it made a massive difference. The performance was there. Uh, the, the play was there. The football was there. But it, it might just be a case of a little, a little too late. It's, if we can get playing the right football again and, and, and fighting again and, and pushing forwards, then it puts us in good stead for next season. So basically, next season starts now. But it might be a little too late for this season now with, with the running we've got. Fair enough. And moving on to the game this this Saturday, do you, do you give Wigan much chance of getting anything from St James's Park? You never know. You never know with Wigan. It's, it's one you'd never put money on you'd never back us on the keeping that far or against us but we can come out with a surprise we can we can, um, we can, we can always surprise teams and, and shock teams it's again defensively we're not we're not too bad but uh, again Newcastle are one of the teams who have a tremendous attacking play so it's going to be a massive massive uh, challenge for us but there's also there's always the opportunity to see if we can make a goal 
that we can hang on for it and hold on to it. I think if we got a goal, that would give us, this rest of the team, massive confidence to go and play our football. It's, we've not gone in front too many times this season um, and we've not scored too many goals, so it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a massive challenge for us to just score a goal and, 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 and sorry, to click in that final third. So it is going to be very, very difficult and, and with the quality of Newcastle have got, it's, even, it's an even bigger challenge really. Fair enough. Okay, John, thank you very much for joining us on the show and we'll see what we wish you all the best for the rest of the season. Brilliant, thank you and you too. And I look forward to the match at the weekend.